Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the next episode of the Up Level Your Career with Judson and Jerome podcast. We are recording just a few, uh, about a, more than a week before Christmas, just a little bit more than a week before Christmas. So um, if you happen to be listening during the holiday season, we wish you a very Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Holidays, whatever uh, holiday you celebrate. And, you know, in light of COVID-19 and sort of all of the things we're going through, I um, just am really uh, touched by this holiday season, even though we're celebrating in different ways. You know, this is a season where we really uh, think about light coming back into our world. Um, The days are starting to get longer um, after the winter solstice. And uh, as a Christian, um, you know, I believe that Christ is the light. And so he's coming back, um, you know, as we're celebrating Christmas, that's sort of an image. And so um, before we get started, I just want to uh, wish all of you that sort of uh, love and light and all of the best in 2021, which hopefully will be a year that is much, much better than what we've endured in 2020. And I hope that we can also be really cognizant of the lessons that 2020 came to teach us, um, which I think are about connection and, and uh, just humanity in general, just being there for one another. So in that spirit, today we're going to be talking about uh, getting promoted and uh, uh, I'll turn the program over to Judson in a bit, but just a reminder, if you've listened to our podcast before, you know that Judson and I record from our homes in, uh, uh, I believe he's in the Twin Cities. I'm in um, Palm Springs, California. So you're likely to hear background noise, uh, whatever the sounds of our neighborhood. I have two dogs. Uh, my partner's on the phone in another room. So if you hear any background noise, we just ask that you forgive us and uh, just uh, hopefully we're giving you some really valuable information. Judson. Thank you, Jerome. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our podcast. We're in season two. And um, what episode are we on? Two? I think it's episode three. Three. Okay. Sorry, I'm not aware of that. But <laughs> season two, episode three. We welcome you to it. And this year, uh, this season, I should say, is really focused in terms of a, an audience um, we're focusing on people who are currently employed and looking to manage their career in some form or fashion. And so today, with that said, we are going to be covering tips for getting promoted. And there's a lot to cover. We have come up with many, many, many bullet points and talking points. So sharpen your pencil, get ready to jot down some notes and listen for the nuggets that we're sending your way that will help you advance your career and get you where you want to go. We typically speak for about an hour and we're going to do our very best to speak for just an hour today. So with that in mind, I'm going to just jump right into this, Jerome. I'll start us off. And as we always do, um, we will just um, bounce ideas off each other and use this as an opportunity to share some of the knowledge that we have in these areas of career management. So, Um, There are many tips for getting promoted. There are many roads to get you there. So one of the things I want to start with is just by saying pay attention. And and we can learn a lot by just paying attention. And this is kind of a life lesson. But in terms of people who have been promoted within your company, take a look at that person and try to figure out why were they promoted. Was it an attitude thing? Was it a knowledge thing? Was it an an initiative thing? What was it that contributed to that person's promotion? And look at that and maybe even have a conversation with that person. But um, let's just start with saying, pay attention. That's, that includes a situational awareness, obviously, in some of the things I already mentioned. But just look around. What does the company value in the people that are climbing to the top or who are at the top? I think it's a very important thing. Just look and see what are those qualities and characteristics um, that they have in common. And uh, while you always want to be yourself, there's nothing wrong with emulating behavior sometimes, especially if it's going to help you get where you want to go. Any commentary on that, Jerome? Uh, Well, I would just say, you know, if you're paying attention and someone 
you know, you've been in with the company long enough to sort of know who the, the key players are. And, and um, when somebody gets promoted, it shouldn't be a big surprise that so-and-so got promoted. If you're paying attention, you'll sort of understand why, right? So um, you should almost be able to predict uh, who, who promotions are going to go to if there's an opening in a on a particular team. And so I think just, you know, I think paying attention in life is just great advice for sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and the next thing I would say is, is make sure that you're, you're surrounding yourself with the right people. Right. And this is again, a life lesson. So it's not exclusive to the workplace because people are like elevators, you know, they can bring you up or they can bring you down. And so you just want to be mindful of that. Who are you surrounding yourself with in this office environment? Is it the people that are climbing the ladder and are getting promoted? That would be my advice. Just hang with them and, and, and make sure you bring value to the conversations that, they, that you guys are all having. And maybe this means hanging out in, in the break room. Maybe it means going to lunch if you can, um, however you do it. But always be aware of who you surround yourself with. I think it's such a big component in life that I can't stress it enough. Right. Did you want to add anything to that, Jerome? No, no, I, no, I just think it's really great advice. I mean, to um, to think about surrounding yourself with good people, and I think we're not necessarily talking about, um, uh, for lack of a better word you know, brown nosing or, or uh, being disingenuous in your interaction with people. Uh, you want to be, um, you want to be yourself and you want to be, uh, you know, honest and, um, you know, it's so that it's not really about, it's not like, like I just said, it's not about brown nosing. It's just about being authentic and engaging with, people who are going to take you where you want to go in life and uh, in a really authentic, organic, honest, natural way. So, yep. Yep. I think that's really good advice. Now the challenge that some people have is, is, you know, how do I be myself? Right. And hopefully, you know, you've had enough practice with it that you're getting good at it, <laughs> yeah, really. but I was remember that no one else is qualified to right. be you. So right. you know, do your right. very best to just be genuine and, and, you know, ask real questions and, you know, again, back to who do you surround yourself with? So right. very important here. Right. Um, now, another thing that um, Jerome, you had written in our notes here is make your boss obsolete. And, and you know, there, <laughs> I might have a little issue with that in, in a way. Um, and maybe I should seek clarification. Yeah, so, of what you meant before, before yeah. I jump to any conclusions. Uh, so, and this was uh, on a blog I read that uh, about getting promoted. And I think the point that the, the writer of the blog was trying to make was that you be, be somebody who's supportive of the work your boss is doing and you make their life easier so that they can do, um, do their job well. And... Uh, it's about anticipating needs, filling in gaps, and and freeing the the supervisor up to focus on their own career development, and the other other like maybe um, uh, bigger rocks in the type of work they do, right? So that you're freeing them up for the the bigger projects by taking things off their plate and sort of being that that supportive person to the supervisor um so i don't know that it's necessarily that you're out to get your boss's job or that you want them to to work them out of a job but it's just being that person who's really supportive so that they can focus their time on the things that are important to them or important to the company because um and i when i was reading the the article it seemed you know i was thinking about in terms of like if you're an executive assistant to somebody or an admin assistant to somebody, and you're looking to, to move forward in the company by, by being a really stellar assistant that maybe takes on um, some of the minutia or some of the things, and maybe you're, you know, you're, you're capable of doing a little bit more. And so you're taking those things off the plate so the boss can focus on bigger projects and things. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, no, it does. And I'm glad that you clarified because when I read <laughs> that, I was like, yeah, you're trying to get rid of your boss. That's a, t- that's a delicate dance. Right, right. <clears throat> but I, I kind of, in a way that makes me think about uh, the show, TV show MASH, Radar O'Reilly, how he was always like three or four words ahead of the, you know, <laughs> the, the person in command. I don't know if you remember that, but how he would just, yeah, yeah. You know, he was there and he anticipated the needs and it was already done. Or it was being done concurrently, and so right, right. Just be aware of the needs. I think is is a, an important right, right uh, point about this. And if you can, you know, take the initiative. And you know, I've even in my past, I've asked um, one boss in particular. I just thought the world of her, and and I asked her in one of my weekly meetings with her. I said to her, "What can I do to make your life easier?" Mm-hmm. And and that's kind of what you said, you know, earlier. You know, and, and it really does come down to, you know, what is it that makes them look good? You know, because they want to probably move up too. And if right, there's exactly. anything that you can do to, you know, because you did it, because you anticipated it, took it off their plate or did it on their behalf, if it can make them look good in the eyes of, of the people up above, you can't go wrong with that. And, and what I like about this concept, Judson, is it sort of makes you rethink the relationship with your boss or your supervisor as someone who's on your team and and someone whose team you're on, instead of sort of this hierarchy that they're in charge and, you know, that they have the power and you're sort of a minion. It's sort of like, how can we work together so that everyone is successful? And I think that's totally different mindset, especially when you're working in big corporations that are very matrixed and very, you know, uh, there's a hierarchy in the, you know, major chain of command, you know, um, right. to sort of not think of that boss as somebody who always is lowering the hammer, but somebody who you can work with so that they're successful and you're successful. Right. Yeah. And I think you're right. It is a mindset. It's more of a team leader than a boss. Right. right. Um, and, you know, some of that's just going to be inherent in the, in the nature of the relationship that you have right. with that person, the, the working relationship you have. But I think, you know, if it's not the best working relationship, taking some of this advice would certainly, well, could potentially help nurture that relationship and right. maybe help it develop. Right. All right. Um, and, and you had mentioned um, owning projects as soon as they are assigned. And, and does that mean don't procrastinate on it or does it mean just, just make it happen? I think it means uh, taking ownership of the project, not necessarily just not procrastinating, but sort of, you know, if you're assigned a, a project, um, taking it on sort of as something that you are doing, not just because it was an assignment, but because um, you're motivated to do it as well. Um, okay. I don't know if I'm making myself clear. Sometimes I think we have things that are assigned to us and we're doing it. Oh, I'm doing it because it's a sign, right? Mm-hmm. Rather than sort of owning the project, like, okay, this is my contribution to the success of our team. This is my contribution to the success of the, of the team. So I'm going to do my best because it's not because it was assigned and I'm, uh, and I'm meeting the, doing something out of duty. I'm doing this as my contribution and it's going to have my name on it. And so I'm going to do it to the very best of my ability and so that it's absolutely stellar. Okay. Um, so well, part that, of what you're saying then is when you take ownership, it, it enhances or adds to the quality. Yeah. It, and it changes sort of the mindset of why you're doing it. You know, there's certain things that we do just because, well, I have to do it because there is line. Right. But if you, if you say, when you own it, it's like, it's no longer an assignment. It's an opportunity now. Right. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. And I think so that as, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. And then I think you step up in a different way. Then you step up more as a leader and as a key contributor than, oh, I'm just, you know, a car. Somebody, I mean, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, that's totally makes sense. I'm, I'm learning from you as well. I appreciate that. (laughs) Okay. Um, and, and I think along with that, related to that, um, we're talking about taking the lead, taking the initiative when right. you can. 
and 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 that's really you know that's that's such a powerful demonstration of high potential leadership mm-hmm. that it's you know there's no downside to it first of all right you know and and as long as you are working in collaboration with everyone and you're not taking this on and saying I can do this all by myself I don't need you um, I think then then you're fine yeah well and I think leadership is a, is a concept that I think can get a little bit warped because I think we I think sometimes we think if I'm the leader, that means I'm in charge, the person in charge. And you may be a leader, but not be the person ultimately in charge of the project. Mm -hmm. But you're a leader in the fact that you're coming up with innovative forward thinking ideas. You could be leading in, in uh, regards to how you engage with other team members and ask questions or support them in such a way that they now rise up to being their best self, right? You might not be ultimately the person who's scheduling the project or being, um, you know, ultimately the, the, the person in charge, but you're still, uh, there's a level of, of leadership that comes about, if that makes sense, just by how you show up and, and interact with others. Right. Okay. Well, you know, and a lot of what we're talking about certainly is centered around our mind and our thoughts. So that segues us nicely into our attitude. And, th- and this may go without saying, but we will need to say it because not everyone always does it, myself included. Maintain a positive attitude. And, you know, they, the old adage of, of attitude is altitude. Mm-hmm. As, as, as someone who has a pilot's license, I understand that concept. Because um, if you have a nose high, you know, attitude, yeah. Yeah. you're going to, you know, it's, it kind of is counterintuitive in some ways because nose high in an airplane is usually a good thing, but a, right. too much of it and you could stall your airplane. Right. So, well, and I also, yeah. go ahead. and it's also, you know, the whole concept that life is, you know, pretty much uh, 1% what happens to you and 99% how you choose to react or respond. Yeah. Yep. And, and, and I think there's so a difference hard sometimes, right? Well, and I know? think there's a difference between reaction and respond, right? Something happens, we react. That's usually the visceral, you know, gut, re, you know, reaction. It's sort of not the thinking, you know, space and being able to respond and to be in that moment of crisis, you know, and keeping a goal. Um, yeah. No, keeping I, a level I love, head. Yep. I, I love the semantic discernment there. That's really good difference between respond and react. Yeah, because we often react when we need to respond. And I think that's a, a, a mature person. And, I, and I'm speaking completely to myself because there are times when I react. And then there are times when I'm mindful enough just to sort of respond. And when you take that time, and sometimes it's just a moment of breathing or two and saying, okay, we have an issue. There's a solution. Yeah. And let's and not just- get worked. <laughs> I, well, I was just going to ask you, you know, okay, that's perfect what you said, but how do we do it? And I think what you said answered the question. It's just like, first of all, you have to be aware and kind of catch yourself and then take the breaths. You know, I think I, it was Mark Twain that said, you know, if you're angry, count to two or whatever it was. I don't remember the exact Yeah, quote. yeah. But, you know, th- his point being is that, you know, take a moment so that you can go beyond the reaction and get into response mode. And I think one of the things that I'm learning is that there's this, everything has a solution. There are very few things in, you know, that come up in our lives where there isn't a solution. Sometimes the solution is just like, okay, we're just going to let this go. I'm no longer going to be bothered by this. That's the solution. But there, but, you know, in so many situations, there is a solution and sometimes we have to be patient, you know, like we want something right now. It's interesting. Um, yesterday, my, my husband got an email and um, from, from his doctor and it was about prescriptions and that the office was going to be closed until further notice. And he got this email like at nine o'clock at night and he was super, super upset and just like, crazy upset because you know really concerned about 
issues and whatever. And I just said, you know what? Okay, first of all, we don't have enough information to even know what's going on. So you have to let it go until we have a conversation with them tomorrow. Sent an email today. Everything worked out. Everything's fine. Right? It was yeah. just someone sick. They had to close. That's it. Right? Right. Yeah, no. And, and I think that that's, that's a huge lesson um, back to the Covey thing. Seek first to understand. Right. Um, and and it's so often it's not what we think it is. And, and it's not even going to be a problem. We just made it one. Mm-hmm. because of our thinking because we made an assumption about something right, right we we jumped ahead too many steps and i think you know that's part of the, the having this attitude of being a problem solver in the workplace is something happens it's a crisis okay breathe take a moment okay let's gather all the information let's see where we're really at yep not making any assumptions Right. And, and what I'm taking away from this conversation from a personal learning perspective is what you said earlier. And that's when I run across a challenge or a problem for me to just say to myself out loud, out loud if necessary, there is a solution to this. Mm-hmm. And get your mind working for you. You know, your subconscious, yeah. maybe, maybe it's right yeah. before you go to bed, however you do it. But I think that if you just say those words, mm-hmm out loud, I think it really kicks your mind in. It does. Yeah. And it's taking me a long time to get to that place because I'm intrinsically a warrior and I can get, I can get really anxious about things because I start to, my mind goes a mile a minute with all of the worst case scenarios and all of these things, you know, and, and worst case scenario is, you know, I'm going to die over this or some crazy, you know what I mean? It's just like the worst case scenario instead of saying, okay, well, Here's what we know for sure. But here are the facts that we have. And I'll make a phone call tomorrow and I'll have a conversation with somebody. I'll get more information. Right, right. And there well, will be. Now, now it, let's, let's not give worry a bad rap because I got to say, from personal experience, 85% of the things that I worried about never happened. Exactly. So worrying helped. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, so um, Make, making the point that it doesn't yeah um, we they have, make the analogy that it's like a rocking chair it'll keep you busy but it won't get you anywhere i was just gonna say that because we have a plaque hanging in our kitchen that one of our dutch friends gave us yeah that's where he's like a rocking chair it keeps you busy but gets you nowhere exactly yeah that's funny yeah. we did not plan this <laughs> <laughs> um all right. So we talked about keeping cool in the crisis, also dressing for success. That was one of the notes you had, Judson. I think it's important to think about that, too. You know, they say dress for the job you want. Um, right. And so always putting your best foot forward, always being, you know, and I also think, uh, you know, if you're looking for a promotion and the whole positive attitude, it's things like, are you on time? Do you come back from your lunch on time? Um, uh, you know, all of those kinds of uh, are you polite? Uh, do you say please and thank you? Do you treat your coworkers respectfully, even when things get tense? You know, do you apologize when it's necessary? You right. know, we've talked so many times. It's you know how important relationships are, just in general, and I think it comes down to that. No doubt, and and I think you know, I mean, part of what we're talking about here in terms of the dress for success, this is a branding issue, and if you want to be a leader, you have to be perceived as a leader. And that's, you know, not only in your language and your presence, but, you know, that's, well, I should say, and that includes how you dress, the clothes you wear and and all that. Um, Another thing I wanted to just um, bring up here is, is we we had uh, written in our outline, be solutions oriented. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's such a, a vital component to, to making your boss's job easier because how many times have I or anybody gone to their boss with the problem and they say, okay, well, I appreciate you bringing that to my attention. Now bring to my attention some possible solutions. Right. And most people don't. Mm-hmm. They don't have them uh, or they don't think like that. And I think that if you can come, yeah, you got to face the issues and, and bring those problems to their attention. And then also add to that, and here are some thoughts I have on maybe some things we can do to solve the problem. Absolutely. That will get you so far. I mean, in fact, yeah. yeah. 
I Go coach ahead. clients. I, you know, I have clients that I've coached over time and, and actually, um, I've had conversations with people, you know, they'll call you know, people that I've worked with and they call, there's an issue at work. I have an issue with a coworker. There's something going on, you know, on the team. And I'll say, great, you have a meeting with the boss or the next staff meeting, you bring it up, but it's not enough just to bring it up unless you also have a solution. And, and so I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah. You yeah. can't just be the squeaky wheel that's saying, oh, here's the problem. Um, and then related to that is not blaming other people, right? Right. You know, it doesn't matter whose fault it is. You know, it's all about, okay, fault is, that doesn't come into play. Right. Here's the problem. What are we going to do about it? Yep, absolutely. And and when you say the squeaky wheel, that always makes me think about the the difference between the United States in China, I believe it's China, but in the United States, we say the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Okay, well, that sounds good enough. But in China, they say the loudest duck gets shot first. <laughs> so, you know, it really does depend on how you see it. And yeah, yeah. Don't want to be perceived as a complainer and someone who's always bringing, you know, don't right. be negative Nelson. Right, right, right. So, yeah, so, and I think... That's the difference. If you're the complainer, you're not solutions oriented. Right. 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 Yeah. So squeaky wheel gets the grease is sort of in that we talk about the grease being the the solution. So maybe it's, uh, I don't know, just, yeah, be solutions oriented. We'll leave it at that. (laughs) I I think so. Okay. So we'll move on here. Um, You want to, you want to start out our next segment? Yeah. So next um, on the list, we're supporting the exceptional performance of other team members. And, um, and I think, so again, it's all about demonstrating leadership, right? So if you're looking for a promotion and you are working on a team of people, maybe you're not the leader of the team, you know, your, your supervisor's leading that team, but are you the person that, um, everyone else on your team realizes is a resource and that if you, if, if someone reaches out to you and asks for help, do you willingly give it Do you, um, if someone's having a difficulty with a, a program, a, a particular software application, do you take the time to assist them when, when you, when, when you're able to do so, or are you the person who kind of keeps their nose buried in their own work and says, Oh, that's not my job. Right. So are, are you facilitating co- cooperation? Are you collaborating with others? Are you, are you really a team player? Right. Um, and I, yeah. And, and I was going to say, some of this can be a perceived thing, just kind of a perception. Not that you're not really doing it, but if you do it here and there, you're like, oh, yeah, he's always so collaborative. And he's like, yeah, I did that twice. You know, so I'm always that. Okay. But the point being is that you are open and willing to do this. And others right. see it and they notice it. And so when, when you know, people up above um, are talking about, you know, who are we going to promote and, and who's a good fit for this and why, your name will likely come up. Right. And are you pleasant to be around? You know, you know, you're working in your cubicle around other people. You know, do you smile and say hello to you? Um, do you check in with other team members to see if they need help with anything? You finish your work early. Do you say to a team member, you know, oh, I'm finished with what I had on my desk for the day. Is there something I can help you with? You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. You don't see that often. At least I no. haven't seen that often. No. I mean, people are so busy as it is. Rarely do they finish up and say, okay, instead of twiddling my thumbs, I'm going to go down the hall and see what Jerome needs. Right, you right. Know? But the point being is, is very valid, definitely. Right, right. Okay. All right. I like it. And then also um, sharing credit. Um, so if, you know, if you are being um, acknowledged for a project or your great performance on something and somebody helped you get there, you know, to be able to say, oh, yeah, Thank you, you know, but Judson also helped me, you know, he helped me solve this problem. We worked together to figure this out. You know, I maybe was the person who brought it forward, but, you know, um, so ask, you know, share, share the um, credit, but also don't be a shrinking violet. You know, don't be so humble that you aren't able to also acknowledge when you, um, when you do something well. Yeah, no, I think, you know, given the shout outs to, to those that deserve the credit, it's just good practice in general, even if it's you're not promoting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So all good there. 
Yeah. Um, and then, you know, let's just kind of shift gears a little bit here. You know, in terms of, of people who are promoted are very generally are very goal oriented, right? And so as a demonstration of that to your supervisor or your boss, you know, this could come up during the, the annual review or semi-annual review, but set some goals <clears throat> on where you want to go, what you want to do. Um, within the organization that's going to contribute to, you know, the, you know, the betterment of the organization, mm-hmm. share that with, with your boss and, and get your boss's help perhaps on that. But if you can demonstrate to those who know you have set goals that you can achieve them, I mean, that's, that's just, that's a good model for, for excellence, really. Uh, and so moving forward, they would say, yes, you know, he or she really, they, they set goals and they achieve them. They reach them or they go beyond them. Yep. And Anyone I think, to add to that? well, I think in terms of goal setting and all of this, there's a, a level of self-awareness that's really important as well. Um, so taking the time to take stock of your career, you know, say you're maybe you're getting ready for for the review, or you've been in the same position for a couple of years, and you're thinking, okay, um, maybe I'm ready for a promotion. To really, um, I, I think sometimes people aren't as self aware as they they need to be. Um, and I've you know because I'm a resume writer, um, I've often had clients come to me and they're they're wanting to take a huge leap in their career that they aren't ready for. Like I can look at their resume and say, "Eh, you're not there yet. At least what I'm seeing on paper. And so I think um, being goal oriented and, but also being self-aware and knowing, okay, what are, what are the things I need to, to improve um, to be ready? You know? Um, And so part of that self-awareness is just having a specific plan. Like if I'm working and I want to be regional manager of a company or of a particular team, um, maybe I need to, there's a step in between. And what is that step and how do I get there? Don't, uh, and so being, being systematic is, I guess what I'm saying. It's like being really clear about what are the steps? What do I need to do to be ready for this uh, next step? And yeah, maybe it goes yeah. without saying too. But well, no. But I mean, we're we're trying to say everything, even if it goes without saying. Um, but you know, one of the things you wrote right in in conjunction with this is request feedback from those you admire and respect. And I think that that's. I would also add another word to that: ask for advice from those same people. Right. Feedback, advice, you know, can be used interchangeably sometimes, <clears throat> and so. If you are, if you've set a goal and you want to be the regional sales manager or whatever it is that you aspire to, ask someone who's higher up, you know, what advice would you give me? You know, if Mm -hmm. this were my goal, which it is, um, you know, what, what advice would you give me and give them permission to give you feedback along the way. And, and I would say that that's really important in the sense that, you know, don't make it a one-time event. Right. If you ever see me doing something or not doing something that you think is getting in my way of reaching my goal, please do me the favor, give me a gift and give me the gift of feedback. Yeah. Constructive criticism. And I'm, I'm having a thought here about one of my favorite TV shows is Project Runway. And um, I love the show. And they always speak to the designers at the end of each challenge the designers who have the highest scores and the designers who have the lowest scores. And then they send to the work back to the workroom or to the green room, all of the ones who passed the challenge. And oftentimes when the designers are talking to amongst themselves, you know, there are people who are always safe. They always get sent back to the, to the um, uh, workroom or back to the, the green room. So they never get the critiques. And they oftentimes will talk about how they're missing out on an, a learning opportunity because they're not getting, they're always just safe. Your performance was okay. Your, you know, next challenge. And they don't know what the, what the judges are looking for because the judges haven't had a conversation with them. 
So if you're looking for a promotion, don't be the person who just does their work, turns it in and coasts, right? Right. You know, ask, ask often for feedback and ask for criticism, constructive criticism. You know, how am I doing? And if they're saying, oh, you're doing fine, don't, don't let it stop that conversation. Don't let the conversation stop there. Ask specifically, what are the things I can do better? Yeah, I'm great. I'm glad you're pleased with my performance. That's not helpful to me. I want to know what I can do better. Right. What am I missing? Yeah. Yeah. And be bold enough to ask for that. Yep. And I think that's that's hard because it makes you vulnerable. But I don't think that we ever learn or grow in any way uh, from being average. Right. Right. In fact, I'm going to write that down. That was good. I, that's cool. <laughs> no, and it's, you know, it's funny. And I think maybe I, uh, you know, I, I was a music major in college and I've taken music lessons sort of my whole life. And when you're taking music lessons and you're one-on-one with a teacher, you're getting criticized the whole time in a very kind and gentle way. But you're always being told about how you can play it better. Yep. Always. And it's really... a you learn so much with that one-on-one mentorship, that coaching, or if you've played sports, you know, the coach is always telling you, yeah, you made that basket, but here's what you could have done better. Yep. No, absolutely. And I'm sure even the best, I know even the best of, of athletes have coaches that, that are, you know, always telling them stuff. They don't say to Wayne Gretzky or Jordan or whoever, Oh, no, you're doing good. Just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, I don't think there's any athlete in professional sports or any musician who says, I'm perfect. I've perfected the sport. I've perfected the instrument. Right. Yeah. Even, uh, um, you know, uh, Isaac Perlman or Yo-Yo Ma or whoever, they, they continue to practice. Right. And continue to get better. Right. So don't be so. misled by the old adage, practice. Just makes practice makes you better <laughs> but well I look and here's the other thing we said so speaking in musicians too um my piano teacher used to say practice doesn't make perfect practice makes permanent oh very good and only perfect practice makes perfect right oh very good very good <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> okay so um yeah i like the analogy of music uh because yeah there's always room for improvement. Biggest room in the house, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, All right. So as I'm looking at our outline here, where are we here? So we talked about setting, uh, setting goals and speaking with your supervisor, um, asking for feedback. Okay. So we talked about a written plan for uh, career development. And then you mentioned in your notes uh, to keep learning. And I think that's important. So it's part of this. Um, plan for professional development and moving up, um, looking for training programs. And you talked about Coursera and Udemy and some of the places that are available online. So, um, you know, self-study is great. Um, Even if it's not something that you're, you know, if you want to be better at your job and you're using Photoshop all the time and maybe you're not a master user of Photoshop, take a course online, get better of the tools of the trade add tools to your toolbox that maybe um, that you know are important and, and you haven't had an opportunity to use them in the job yet. Add them to the toolbox on your own. Right. Uh, read good books about leadership and management. Um, you know, I have a friend who uh, is in sales and uh, took it upon herself to take sales training that wasn't being offered by her, her job because she wanted to be the top of the game. You know, so there are thousands of books on sales. There are thousands of books on management. There are thousands of book on, books on productivity and, and organization. Right. So learn, no, learn, absolutely. learn. It, it is important. And I would also um, encourage people to, back to what we were talking about earlier, <clears throat> um, the people that, that are in the positions that you want to be in, ask them, what books are they reading? Right. You know, because a good co- good conversations will come from that probably, and especially if you have a follow up question. If you say, "What books are you reading?" Well, I'm reading this one. Well, what did you like in particular about that? Right. You know, and and it just starts that dialogue, and it can really give you some insight into 
their mindset in terms of what got them where they are. Yeah. Reading is huge. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Mark Twain said, um, the person, the man who uh, does not read books, good books, has no advantage over the man who cannot read. Yeah. No, I've heard that one too. That's so apt. Yeah. That really is good. Okay. So um, next was showing pride in your work and in the organization. Um, So uh, the one thing I would stress here is take everything you do personally. Um, I've mentioned my friend Camille several times on the podcast. Um, She's somebody who really lives up to that. Um, Whatever she does, she does it because it, you know, to the very best of her ability, she has amazing integrity because it has her name on it. And she wants to be known um, as someone who does good work. Mm-hmm. And I guess the one caveat I would have around that is that make sure that you, if, if you tend to be a perfectionist, don't let perfection be an enemy of good or even right. at- because it's it can so happen. It's like, well, it's not done perfectly. And then you would do all that work and then you beat yourself up. Or it slows you down. Yeah. Or it keeps you from completing because it's not perfect. Like I know so many people who've wanted to start businesses or uh, they have an idea that they want to put out in the world and that's, they won't launch it till the website is perfect or till this is perfect and that's perfect. And I'm like, just do it. Learn a, right. learn a, along the way. It's okay. Like adequate is good enough. Yeah. Right. Well, and <clears throat> I'm, I'm guessing that you see that a lot. You know, we, you and I both career coach people. And how many times have I seen a non-perfect resume, whatever that means, get in the way of somebody putting themselves out there into the, mar- in, into the mm-hmm. job market? Right. And, you know, there is no such thing as a perfect resume. Right. No. No, there there, ha- there can't be any typos, and grammar needs to be right. Right. In that regard, there is. But right. you know, in every other way, you know, don't, don't let something like that yeah. stop you from starting. Yeah, that's re- and that's all about resistance, right? Yeah. It's that uh, the inner critics and, and all of the, you know. Um, so I'm reading a really great book right now called The War of Art. And it talks about like the whole first section is all about resistance and all of the things we do that stop us from moving forward and creating what we want to create. Mm, and so okay. perfectionism is one of those and that leads to procrastination. Right. But um, yep. yep. That it does. And then you, in your notes, you talked a lot about getting involved in the organization. Uh, mm. Mm. So. Excuse me. Yep. Um, yes. You know, and I, and I think that that's just, you know, part of, networking and you and I had a uh, a podcast dedicated to networking and one of the components was that internal network right right people need to know who you are and especially if you're doing good you know um so in terms of how do you do that well it depends on the company but you know some companies they they bring in speakers and they do lunch and learns um or maybe you you could become a, a speaker in one of those internal lunch and learns. And maybe it's just, you know, something from a process improvement, a suggestion, however you want to do it, but it showcases you. And if you can present to people and, and, you know, from a public speaking perspective, very few people do that and do it well. Right. Or perhaps it's something, something you suggest too. You know, if you're a part of a team and people keep coming to you for, you know, a software issue of something that's going on in the application to use and you know how to do it. You might suggest your, your uh, supervisor, you know, would you be willing to let me lead a 30 minute training on this particular, I keep answering the same questions. I've figured this out. Can we do a 30 minute training, you know, um, or there's something you want to learn. Can we ask somebody to come in and teach us? Um, Right. Right. And if you didn't want to take the spotlight quite like that, one thing you could do along those lines is say, you know, in our next team meeting, can I take five or 10 minutes and just right. share this with someone? Yeah. So you don't have to be the main person, but you can still demonstrate your, your presentation skills and your teaching ability. 
and all of that goes kind of back to some of the things we were talking about situational awareness, right? Yep. Being aware of what, what are the gaps in the, um, uh, organization, um, you know, so, uh, yeah. And supporting your team members and all of those things. Right. Okay. Um, and, and, and I think another thing that you had written in there is that the ERGs, the employee resource groups. Yeah. And I think that, uh, you know, well, why don't you say a little bit more about that and what that looks like? Well, so, I mean, I, as a gay man, I'm thinking of companies that might have an LGBTQ group or, um, you know, inclusion and diversity and inclusion is so, um, uh, such a kind of a buzz now, I think it, uh, with the, um, Black Lives Matter movement and a lot of the things that have just been happening culturally and politically in our country, um, companies are looking more toward that. So, um, so thinking about employee resource groups in terms of demographics or could even be, um, groups for, you know, in the organization for, uh, single parents or whatever, um, so that's sort of what I was, you know, was thinking about. And a lot of big corporations have, have groups or even groups, uh, you know, philanthropic um, arms of companies and things like that. Right. So. No, absolutely. There's, there's certainly opportunities to get involved. And, and if for some reason you're in an organization that doesn't have that, nothing to say you can't start your own. Right. Take, take the initiative and just say, look, you know, there, there's a lot of nonprofits out there or right now. Food is scarce for some people. Let's do what we right. can to partner with the local food bank and take right. the initiative and just reach out, get some information. And then in that next team meeting, say, you know, I reached out and here's what we need. We need six people, um, you know, once a month or once a quarter, whatever it is, who would like to you know, be involved. Right. Just take yep. the lead. Yeah. Make it happen. Yep. People will follow if you take the lead. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Right. Okay. You know, and another thing too, I think that kills a lot of people in their careers is, is office gossip. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, there is just so nothing good from that. Um, You know, but to get involved with other people's business, you know, just, just kind of mind your own business is is probably the best advice I could give as as harsh as it may sound. Yeah. Yeah. And it does. And it can become such a cultural thing, like within the corporate culture. And you sort of just want to not be a part of it and sort of um, avoid it at all costs. It's And even if it's like you're, you know, I've talked with clients that I've coached where it's like maybe their supervisor's bringing them into the, you know, the um, gossip of, about other team members. You know, right. it's a little bit tricky when it's your, your boss who's doing it and, you know, trying to bend your ear, but, um, you know, find kind of a, a good way to, um, to just disengage, I think. Right. Well, and, and, you know, part of where I get some of my mindset on this is through Rotary. I'm a Rotary member and there's something called the four-way test of the things we think, say, or do. Mm-hmm. And they are very briefly here. Is it the truth? Is it fair to all concerned? And will it build goodwill and better friendships and will be beneficial to all concerned? Mm-hmm. So the four-way test, I think, is a good um, litmus test, if you will, you know, in terms of if, if you're wondering, you know, is this good or is it bad? I think most of us know that gossip is not good. And And the one thing that I remember... I think it was Dr. Phil said it. Um, he said, if they'll do it with you, they'll do it to you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's and, the and, thing. Yeah. So when you're engaging in that gossip, especially if it's with your boss, it, you kind of want to um, ask yourself, okay, what is she saying about me? Right. Um, <laughs> when I'm not around. Right. So I guess just, you know, keep your nose out of other people's business and, and, you know, we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Very good. I, I was trying to remember it and I, I can't. Um, there was um, one where it spells the word stop, an acronym. 
Oh, okay. And I can't remember what it was, but it was like, is it true? Is it um, positive? Yeah, yeah, I can't remember. So I won't, I won't, uh, (laughs) I won't share it because I don't know. (laughs) But it's, that's brilliant. And I think we know when, when we're not, well, when, when we are engaging in office gossip, even if it is true, it doesn't mean you have to perpetuate it. Right. 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 Would you want someone to do that to you? Yeah. That thing. Yeah. I was there. So, okay. Um, you know, and then, you know, as far as the integrity, and this is part of what we were just talking about, maybe just another division of that, if you will, um, is the integrity, you know, do what you say you're going to do. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, this is so easy to not do, to get involved and say, oh, I could do this or I'll, I'll do that. And, you know, you step up and then you fall down. Yeah. And, you know, just to make sure that you do what you say you're going to do. I mean, because without your word, you really don't have much. Right. Oh, no, you're, um, yeah, your word is important. So I, um, several years ago, did Landmark uh, Forum, Landmark Education. And that was one of the big lessons that they teach in Landmark is staying in integrity. And part of, there's two pieces to it. One is we do what we say we're going to do. We also say, we also communicate what we're not going to do. At the end of each, you know, we have these group sessions and they would give us an assignment. And maybe the assignment was, one of the assignments was to call our parents and complete something, you know, anything that was sort of like baggage we were carrying around from our childhood. And uh, so it's like, okay, during your lunch break, you're going to call your parents. Are we all agreeing to call your parents? And we, you know, raise your hand. Are you agreeing? And then the leader would say, is anyone agreeing not to call their parents? Because you can agree not to as well. And one of the guys came back and uh, they said, did everyone call their parents? Yep, everyone did. Did anyone not call their parents? He said, no. And the leader kind of uh, challenged him. And she said, wait a second. You're not in integrity. When I asked if you were going to call your parents, you said you were. And I asked if you were not going to, and you you didn't raise your hand. And then you didn't do it. And so the lesson was we are in integrity as long as we do what we say we're going to do or we're in communication as soon as we know we're not able to. So it's, if you're working on a project and you have the deadline, you say you're going to make the the deadline. The moment you realize you're not going to meet the deadline, you're in communication with whoever you need to be in communication with and you're willing to take the consequences um, and that's I, that's just such a lesson for me because it's so easy to make excuses. Oh, right. I couldn't because, and there's no excuses then, you know. And and that's just one of the things they said in Landmark too is, don't be reasonable. The reasons don't matter, right? I mean, reasons are valid, but let's not talk about the reasons. And if you think about being in integrity and communicating as soon as you can't be, then the reasons really don't matter anymore because right. you're you're getting out in front of it like why didn't you get your homework done well i you know my dog you know whatever i was sick yeah Yeah. well and there may be reasons but there are no excuses right yeah yeah we'll we'll Um, just kind of leave it at that Um, yeah very good and 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 i think when you do make a mistake make sure you own it and just say you know what i dropped the ball people understand that and i think that it makes you more human Mm -hmm. when you just say you know what i messed up and now, as long as you don't do it. it all the time. <laughs> right, you know. right. And you're willing to learn from it. And, they, and you're right. And I think people do value when you say, um, when you own it. You know, I, it, you know um, I think it makes you not only more human, but just, uh, I think that there's people respect you, that you have the courage to say. Yep. You know. And, you know, as you're saying this, too, you know, one thing that you might do if it's right in the right context, um, especially if it's a one on one with your boss, um, say, you know what, I made a mistake and, you know, obviously it won't happen again. But here's what I learned from it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and just share that because it's it's so it's not a wasted mistake. Mm-hmm. It's something, you know, we all make mistakes. And if you can learn from it and, and share that with whomever. I think that'll go a long way as well. And it goes back to everything is solvable. Like yeah. You make the mistake, you own the mistake, and now we look for the solution. 
rather than making the mistake, trying to hide the mistake, blaming the mistake on somebody else, you know, seeing if how long can we go before someone realizes the mistake, that just creates a mess. So being in integrity is I made the mistake and I own it now. Even if it's hard, you know? Yep. Um, We got about five minutes left, so I want to be aware of that here. But most of more internal. And one of the points you wrote here is vote, advocate for clients for clients and solve their problems. So that's externally looking. Uh, you want to say a little bit more about that? Well, so I think um, it's um, it, kind of an internal external thing, right? So um, being a champion for your clients, if they're external clients um, and being somebody uh, you know, you're the face of the company and having your clients be raving fans, you know, if you're the salesperson and, and I think that goes well for a promotion that, you know, people you're bringing in business and your, your customers are satisfied um, and you're making money for the company. That's all good. But then internal customers as well, you know, are you the person who, when accounting comes to you and needs something that you understand how your job uh, relates to that and you get it to them quickly and and you do everything you can to make them a fan of your department as well um, and and it's sort of having a servant's mindset a customer service mindset for every person whose work touches your work you know somebody else needs this piece of the, the machinery so they can do their job do I give them the best product possible do I give it to them in a timely fashion um you know, do I make their life miserable because I get it right at the moment it's due? You know, am I thinking about how, what else is on their plate so that I can give it to them in time that they can actually do something with it? Um, I think that's kind of what I'm talking about in terms yeah. of that. Yep. I think that, that that's wonderful. Now with the remaining minutes that we have here, <clears throat> um, I want, I want to get down to our, our last point and, and that is asking for the, yeah, plan. yeah, for sure. You, know, you, you, you really don't get, what do they say? You don't get 100% of the things you don't ask for? Well, yeah. Uh, Wayne Gretzky, you mentioned him earlier, uh, said you miss 100% of the shots you never take. Yep, yep. And so, you know, if you have not, maybe it's because you're asking not. Right, right. So, you know, how do you, how do, you do that, though? You know, that's the thing. It, it can be an awkward discussion. It can be a little tricky. Um, do you have any advice on that, Jerome? Um. I don't know, I guess. Um, yeah, I think it's really about having a conversation. So if you know that there's an opportunity available for a promotion, um, they're hiring a new supervisor and you want to throw your hat in the ring. Um, I think I would do a few things. I would first, you know, as soon as I learned about it, speak to the supervisor, the person who's going to be in charge of that. Um, or maybe it's a, a promotion in another department and you're interested you have a conversation with whoever you report to and say, you know, I understand that there's this position available. I think I'd be, I'm really interested in it. Um, what's the process going to be? What do I need to do to be considered for that? Am I being considered for that? Um, can we have a conversation about that before, you know, so you just open the door. I'm interested in this, this manager position. Um, and, uh, and I've done, I've, I remember doing that when I was working at Walton Books, where it was a retail job. I worked there for 13 years. I was the senior bookseller, and um, they needed an assistant manager um, at another store, and I wanted to move. And so I uh, spoke to my manager and said, you know, I'm wanting to move to California, and there's a, a assistant manager position open at this shop, the store in the, in the right area. Um, would you help me make contact with the regional manager? Would you recommend me? You know, that means I'm leaving this store. And so um, we worked together to, um, to make it happen. And it was all just about communication, you know, um, and her knowing her believing in my performance enough to say, yeah, I think you'd be really good. Right, um, And it was a bigger store. So there were a lot of things I was coming from a smaller store, you know, and so there were some things that I need to be ready for. 
Um, and so she made sure I was. So I think it's about having a conversation and letting them know you're interested. Um, yep. And, and I think part of it too is, is always, you always want to keep track of your successes. Right. And, and, and the things that you've done, you know, maybe to help the company make more money or save them time or, or save them money, whatever it was that you've done, keep records of those things because eventually you're going to want and need to build your case. And it's not like a case, you know, in front of the judge, but, you know, you're just going to want to have some of these talking points and, right. and maybe even written down bullet points through that communication with your boss yeah. that you're recommending say, you know, here, here are some of the things that I've done that I think help prepare me for this role. Right. And in addition to that, what else do you think I can or should do that would help me position myself to be a good fit for this? Right, right. Yep. And this is somewhat reminiscent of the podcast we did in season one, where we talked about asking for a raise. Yeah. Um, and we talked about, you know, the raise has to be, so promotions and raises, I both, they're based on performance and on what you've given to the team. So don't expect a promotion because you've paid your dues. I've been here 10 years. It's my turn. Right. Right. You have to, it's always attached to your value, how you've contributed how you've made a difference, whether it's a raise, whether it's a promotion. And I think that's, um, you know, and all of the things we've talked about today are really about that. Like, how do you, how do you position yourself as somebody who is contributing value to the organization, whether it's cultural value or uh, monetary value, you're, you're affecting the bottom line in some way, whether it's operational value, you're making the, the, business run more smoothly, you know, all of those things. And I think we contribute in all of those ways. Um, and so I think that's what you want to, con- and maybe you even go down the list. Like, here's how I've contributed to a positive culture. Here's how I've made things better operationally. Here's how my work has improved the, the, the bottom line. And so I've saved money. I've increased revenues or whatever it happens to be. Here's how, I've interfaced with customers in such a way that they're raving fans of our company. Yep. And, and speaking to those points. Well, I do want to wrap it up here, but I, yeah. I, mean, I encourage everybody, all of our listeners here, you know, if we were in person, what I would ask you is, you know, what's one thing that we mentioned today that really resonated with you that you can act on, that you can actually do and will do. Mm-hmm. So considering we can't get, you know, this is a one-way conversation. We won't hear from you on that. But I encourage you to ask yourself that question because we went through a lot of different things and there doesn't have to be just the one thing that you can do, but pick one or two um, and, and do them and, you know, try them and, and see how that works for you. And ultimately our goal is to help you succeed. So. Um, yeah. Well, and this, this, yeah, yeah. And this is, you know, we're getting close to the end of the year and, and new year's resolution time. Right. So maybe that one thing is something that you work into a new year's resolution in some way, you know, yeah. like how you're going to show up differently. You know? Yep. So. Yep. So um, we're really glad that you were with us today. We hope that you found some of our tips and suggestions helpful and applicable. That's the real key. You know, don't just know it, do it. And um, we will be back next year. Uh, I don't think we're going to be doing another one here. Are we? Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, I hate to say it this way, but we'll see you next year, even though it's not that far away. We wish you and your family the very best in this holiday season Um, and and stay safe. Take care of yourself and others. That's a big part of our our responsibility as human beings in this COVID crisis. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. First, do you want to give the listeners your contact information? So, yeah, sure. That'd be great. So my name is Judson, J-U-D-S-O-N. My last name is Walsh. And my website is careerpathstrategies.com. And my email address is judson at careerpathstrategies.com. And um, Jerome, you want to give your yeah. information? So, and then uh, also the one for the podcast. Yeah, so you can reach the podcast at uplevelcareers with an S at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook. Um, up level career, up level your career. Um, so we would love to hear from you about uh, suggestions for the podcast, questions, and even maybe the one thing you're going to be working on. Um, 
this year to kind of position yourself to advance in your career. Um, if you want to reach me, my company is called The Resume Shop Inc. Inc is spelled I-N-K. So you can find the website, theresumeshopinc at, um, dot com. And then email is resumeshopinc at gmail.com. Next podcast, we're starting out the, the new year with a podcast on um, overcoming conflict and dealing with buttheads. <laughs> so we're hoping to have a, a human resources expert uh, with us on the, on the call um, of, uh, on the podcast for that discussion. Um, and uh, with, with that, I'll say uh, all the best to you in 2021. Make the last few, uh, the last couple of weeks of um, 2020 the best they can be. We send you um, our best wishes for a great holiday season. Thank you so much for listening. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody.